God has called us. This is a, a unique story. It's a, is anybody in here fish? You're a fisherman? Well, I won't go with a fishing story, but this is a whopper. It really is. And it's true. It's as big as, it's as, big as God because it is God working. So we're still we're moving now from downtown on the west side from the Broad Street Mission. Uh, we were praying. It wasn't anything. COVID may have had a little bit to do with it, slowing down things like that. Uh, there are a lot of ministries down there, many, many. Uh, it's been a blessing. It's been a total blessing. But here's what happened before uh, I get any farther. My wife and I were praying, and I always told her, and, and she agreed, we're staying until God tells us to move. We're going to be there until God tells us to move. So things started coming up that I didn't even know about. Not all. Uh, Dave came in, Pastor Dave came in and said, hey, man, there's this opportunity, Mike, that I heard about. Uh, there's a building. There's a church. They need a pastor. All these things. And then he told me, you can't say anything about it right now. <laughs> I said, what? So I didn't. I didn't. But I was praying about it. And God was working. Let me tell you. God was working. Behind the scenes, my wife knew the lady that formerly stood in the gap. Her husband was pastor. He died. So she stood in the gap and took over. And then another man and a woman, uh, he, he was a pastor there. And 20 days after she retired and moved to uh, North or South Carolina, uh, he passed away 20 days afterwards. So it was just like one thing after another. They're looking for somebody to take over. And Dave mentioned something. Uh, Belinda knew her. They got wind of something behind the scenes. She got my phone number. And let me tell you how God works. It's amazing. I'm excited again. <laughs> and He just is so amazing. So amazing. We prayed that night. This night. God, we need to know what you want us to do. The next morning, I get a phone call from this lady. We're looking for a pastor. We're looking for somebody to step in and take over. So it's been a whirlwind. I'll, I'll tell you some other things that have happened real quick. Uh, does everybody, most people know Mike Priest. He's up here. He, he plays guitar. Everything. Okay. <clears throat> Mike is familiar with the neighborhood that this mission is at. Yes, it's on the south end on Bartham. It's, uh, we're not really going into a better area. It's a, almost an even exchange. It's an inter inner city mission and it's really inner city <laughs> but uh yeah the other day going down the street and I'm not making fun of it's just the way it is there was a few cars there's more traffic in shopping carts going by with scrap metal uh, belongings and then just one that was empty looking for things but anyway driving down the street here I hear I was out front tidying up a bit and uh Truck comes down the street, 
Uh, backs up. Mike, is this a church? He jumps out of his truck. I grew up in this neighborhood. Now listen, here sits this mission. The house next to it, Mike Priest owns. The two streets behind it, he owns five houses here. I'm four houses on the next street. I'm surrounded by his houses. It's, a, it's amazing. So I had some graffiti also on the back of the, uh, they call it the Fellowship Hall. It's a huge garage. He saw it because he's always cleaning up, trying to get things straight. And he just said, Mike, this neighborhood needs Jesus. <laughs> we all need Jesus. But he said, this neighborhood needs Jesus. So he painted the graffiti on the back. I could, you know, he said, I'm going to take care of that. I said, I'll get you some paint. He said, no. He painted it all up. We cleaned up the sidewalks, the parking lot. Uh, it looks really, really nice. But I, uh, I'm just amazed how God keeps moving. I believe him. I know he's almighty. But it's wonderful to see it work. Amen. I mean, it's right before your eyes, in your heart. Uh, people were walking through. It's fenced in around it's about an acre they bought a house that was already there and I think they took it down years and years ago but uh, anyway it, people were cutting through which is okay they do that here too and uh, it's a little closer relationship and I I mentioned to him well you don't always have to cut through you can stop in you know several people and we had a few that did that this past Sunday and we have a few more uh, uh, that said they'd be, be coming by. But it's so amazing to uh, see. I think Richard has some uh, slides. I don't want to go too long here and take, take some of my wife's time. She's going to uh, talk a little bit too. There we go. This is from the Broad Street Mission. Some of the things we do there, have done there, and will continue to do at the Sunshine Mission. This, as you see, is where? The Ark Experience. We took some kids. Uh, that we know some other people. My daughter even went with my granddaughter. There's Tish and my wife and some people that helped. This was uh, October, October of 2019. It's an older picture, but they just, <laughs> there they are, yeah. Don't feed them, please, don't feed them. So they're in the, in the cage there. And uh, we, we go on here. There's Danny, he's been working with us pretty much the whole time, pretty much the whole time down there. That's, uh, that's Jesus' father, Joseph. <laughs> He's a carpenter. We had a Bible walkthrough for the uh, Halloween, and I'm, I'm not kidding you. They loved it. The adults came in. They came in, and this is great. It, the only thing scary there was we had a, if you've ever seen it up here, they've used the mummy. So we had that behind a curtain. You know, we did the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. So uh, that was kind of kind of neat. And there's the rest of us. You know, what a crew, huh? What a crew. Uh, so we've done a, a, a lot of things down there similar to here. And the kids love it. And, and the adults, too. The adults, too. Uh, there's Ed and one of the guys that were out on the street trying to get his life right. We had a Bible study. Uh, for adults on Tuesdays, and then children on Thursdays. Uh, we'd have a Bible study for them. 
And there's uh, Jenny. She's been with us since she was a little, little girl, about eight years. Uh, she was a born heroin addict. Her mother was addicted, and she was addicted. Uh, she's had some problems, but she's doing really, really good now, Extreme, uh, in school and everything. So that's a blessing, too. Uh, what else do we have here now? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Is that DeAndre? Yeah, he put on one of the girls' coats that we gave to him. I think it was for Christmas, was it? And I said, if you don't take that coat off, I'm going to take a picture of you and show it to your girlfriend or whatever. So he tried to block out his face. And next is the picture of my wife and I up by the cross uh, there. And uh, <clears throat> this is uh, Mother's Day. We had a Mother's Day event for the mothers. We get the kids involved to serve their mothers, and, and it was amazing to see a young boy stand up and talk about his mom. He was uh, 11, 11 years old, and it was just amazing to hear him speak about his mom and to take, have the courage to do that, to have the courage to do that. It was, it was really neat. And uh, the, lady, the lady right there in the yellow uh, passed away. She had a heart attack. Uh, she lived right next door to the mission, and her son was coming over. I wish I had that video of him. Uh, he's five years old, five years old, and he just, he carried his Bible. He couldn't read much of it, but you could get it away from him, and I, I challenged him one time. I said, I'm quicker than you are. Yeah, you can't beat me, so he sat in the chair, and he sat in the chair. I said, you ready? And he's getting there, and we knew what we were going to say. We stood up, God is great. I got him over and over. I said, try it. He said, try it again. God is great. He'd jump up and say, God is great. He's five years old. It just, it's such an encouragement to see that. Uh, and he had such a smile on his face. Uh, and then we met him again at the funeral home. Uh, but he's doing good. He's doing good. He's, he's weathered through it. And. Uh, that's, a, that's a blessing too. Here we go next is, that's the side view on Bartham Avenue of the Sunshine Mission. We can look at the front of it. It's, it's a really a decent building. Uh, that bell will ring. <laughs> it's froze right now uh, up at the top. The clapper is froze. We doused it with uh, PV blast. Uh, but it's a really neat bell. It's an 1891 uh, bell. Has anybody ever seen the movie, Ring the Bell? Ring the Bell? Neat movie, isn't it? So <laughs> what happens, I'll just give you the short version. They were out on a camp. They, they took it in kids, boys, and uh, they were either parents were killed or drugs or some, something drastic. But anyway, whenever the bell rang, they'd run to the place where it was uh, ringing, which was on a tree, that meant somebody got saved. They'd ring the bell. They'd go out there and ring the bell, and everyone knew if that bell rang, somebody got saved. So I'm going to get that one operable too. I don't know what the neighbors will think, because that's a pretty, pretty big and loud bell. We, 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 hit, we tapped it, and it, it makes some noise. It really does. So, uh, And hey... They might get used to it, and I, I hope they do. But uh, what we're doing down there 
is going to be the same thing. Uh, it's an inner, inner city. It's a mission. It was uh, founded in 1921. Last Sunday, we celebrated 100 years. Uh, and I just read some of the documents. So simple and so meaningful that they, they what did they do first? What did he do first? They prayed. They prayed. Seven men. Seven men prayed. Up on Livingston Avenue, where around where the courthouse was in 1921. And they decided, God moved them, to go to the south end. And they went to uh, Bartham and High. No, they went to a, uh, a lot that a tent revival just left, and they went into that same area until it, in the, it read, till it got cold. So they were out there till it got cold, just preaching and teaching and, you know, calling people to, to the Lord. Then they went up to High Street, High Street in Bartham and got a, like a little building. And then in 1923, I believe it was, they came down to Bartham in, in that location. But next to it, over here is a parking lot. That's where the first building was. It was a two-story, pretty old. Uh, and then they decided in 1964, uh, they prayed about it. Do we rehab that building or do we build a new one? So they built a new one and they paid it off in three years. So uh, God, is, God is in it. And I, I'm just, you know, uh, uh, amazed Totally, it's really, it's nice inside. It's nice inside. It's been kept. Uh, I got to do some things outside, though, I'll tell you. It needs lights. <laughs> there, there's a, it's fenced in. There's a gate for the parking lot, but it's left open. Uh, <clears throat> and in the back, I guess it was really bad at one time, there's a six-foot fence that had barbed wire up on it. So... Yeah, Mike told me about it. He said it really used to be bad there. I said it still is. <laughs> he said he agreed with that. So uh, <clears throat> we're just so happy and rejoicing. That God, isn't that amazing? God, just, hey, here, here, go, go teach, go preach, you know, proclaim the gospel, you know. And there hasn't been a kids ministry there. It's like it's like kind of like an old Baptist building, you know. It's got the red brick, and then it's got the rooms underneath. There's eight rooms, classrooms. Kind of some of them are small, uh, actually seven because one's a utility room. So uh, my wife is going to teach children. She's going to get children in there. Uh, so it, it's just so so exciting and. Um, God is working and moving in so many ways. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't want to keep up with him, no. I just want to follow. I just want to follow. I just want to follow the Lord and, and what he's doing. So uh, with that, I don't want to keep on blabbing because I have a, uh, just a short message after everything else. I want to give my wife here some time to uh, kind of give her uh, testimony and what she does and but before that, I want to read 
something that, it hit me the other week when I was here and uh, was praying about before I accepted the position there. Uh, and I just, I was thanking God and asking God, what do I take this? And it, it was always a yes. And, you know, I didn't want to ever doubt the Lord. I had doubt myself. There is doubt in me. But I'm sure about, I'm sure about Jesus. I'm positive. I'm positive about it. He'll straighten out what's doubtful in me little by little, you know. Little by little, he'll work on me. But this, Psalm 37. You probably know where I'm going. Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He'll give you the... I, I didn't know totally the desires of my heart. He put them there. He showed them to me. And it's so amazing, it's so amazing that he does that. And I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still waking up, thanking the Lord when I do sleep soundly. And it, it's just so exciting. It really is. It really is. I was 20 years old when I repented of my sins and asked the Lord Jesus to be my Savior. But I haven't always walked with the Lord, but... I know that he's never left me. I love God's word and I love reading God's word. And I love to see it when other people understand it, when uh, we're teaching and it just speaks to them and uh, it really helps them. However, I like to read other books also. And one book I've read is uh, Absolute Surrender by Andrew Murray. I don't know if anyone's here ever read that, but um, this book helped me a lot because uh, one day while at work, I was praying and I asked God, what would you have me to do? I know there's more to life than sitting in front of this computer serving man. And he always answers our prayers. And in Acts 10, if you've read the story about Cornelius, God heard his prayers, and he wasn't even a child of God yet, but God heard his prayers. And how God answered his prayer? Because he helped the poor, and, and he remembered God. God answered my prayer. That year, I joined a group of 30 people to start a work in the inner city. This group had Bible study, and they fed the homeless and gave out the gospel. I noticed one night a few children came with their parents and a few from the neighborhood. They were just sitting there trying to fit into the adult Bible study. They were fidgety. <laughs> Throughout the years, I've worked with children's ministries, and so I asked if I could take them to another room and read them a story. Well, I thought I was going to the inner city to change people's lives. But God changed me by serving in this type of ministry. Amen. And yes, I wouldn't recommend the first story to be the book Pilgrim's Progress, because that's what I started with them on. 
but God used that also. And we read a little bit each week and watched the movie about it, and each child received their own copy of Pilgrim's Progress. So I tried to explain uh, all the symbolism and everything out of Pilgrim's Progress, but I, I, I think that was just too much for some of them. <laughs> But uh, our 30 people group dwindled for different reasons, and about five of us that were left joined with the Broad Street Mission eight years ago. And during that time, I also joined with child evangelism during uh, doing good news clubs at Avondale School and at the Broad Street Mission. In a normal club time, uh, we'll have prayer, teach the children how to pray, that uh, prayer is talking to God and songs, they like to sing songs, and uh, Bible stories explained to them. And I, I think I told you a week ago how uh, one little boy came and I told him we would be using the Bible to uh, tell our stories. And he said, what's Bible? And we do give them Bibles when they come if they don't have one. And we do memory verses with them and missionary stories. We do Lottie Moon, Robbie Zacharias. We've done several missionaries, and we play games, and then best of all that they like is snacks, I believe. We have snacks with them. So, And I found out that children just love pizza. I think they could eat it morning, noon, and night. <laughs> uh, when a child does come to the club and they, they don't have a Bible, we'll give them one. And... Uh, we want them, first of all, to come to Jesus as their Savior, always giving them the gospel at each club, and then encouraging them to read and study it for themselves and to memorize it. We hand out devotionals. We give them pencils, pens, school supplies, hats, gloves, and socks. <laughs> Some of them come without socks. And at this present time, on the website for the Broad Street Mission, it shows the front of the building with these words in the window. Faith, hope, and love. And these words sum up what we do there. Pointing to faith in Jesus and the hope that he is coming for us and the love of God. So if the Lord's calling you to serve with us, come along. Or if the only thing you can do is pray, please pray that God would draw these that we work with, the men, the women, and the boys and the girls, to himself and for his glory. All of this is for his glory. And thank you. All right. So here's what's going to happen. If you're in here and you have a question, uh, just uh, raise your hand, and I will call on you, and I'll repeat the question. That way anybody that's watching online can hear and uh, by all means, however you guys want to answer. So let's get into this. Who's first? Yes. So the question is, uh, when did Mike and Belinda know for certain that God called them to the Sunshine Mission? Well, we got verification. I, I just felt it in my spirit. And, and, and I know she did, too. She didn't say yes. She was kind of like, 
you know, a little bit of apprehension there. When we got the phone call asking, prayed about everything, just almost immediately, almost immediately. And Pastor Day said, you know, this is you. He already knew he walked away. He was, <laughs> he was confident in that. But when he talked about it, it was stirring in my spirit when he told me. And then he said, you can't say anything. But I knew, I knew it was, it, it was there. I didn't, know, I didn't know exactly that it was the same place that Belinda knew the lady, who her husband. I didn't know all that. But then it sounded so familiar, like she had talked about it before. And uh, it was just, there was about, if you can see that, maybe that much doubt. And that was just my humanity. That was it. But the Lord was just on both of us. It's, and I had just previously said, we're going to stay where God wants us to stay until he moves us. And I mean, that was only a, maybe a week or so previous to this happening. This is, let me say, this has all happened in what? Five weeks? Very uh, recently. Yeah. <laughs> very recently. Very quickly. I mean, it's like, you know, everything, you know, it keeps happening, uh, like with Mike Priest showing up and, and verifying that, too. And I spent some money in this, okay, but I, I know it's God. I spent some money on some plies to paint and do Somebody walks up to me and hands me the same amount of money right back. God told me to do this, and he hands it back to me. The same amount of money that I'd spent. You know, I took the money out of my pocket. I it wasn't going to hurt or anything. But he said, God told me to do this. And here, take this. And I said, that's okay. He said, nope, you take it. God told me to do it. So all these things just verifying. Go ahead. I, I think it's uh, verified also by the people. Uh, there's a couple here that have been helping out which um, there is, what, four or five people from fellowship that come down to the mission, to Broad Street Mission, and they know one another. Plus, uh, I knew Beverly that had the Sunshine Mission that retired. I lived across from her for six years. And then her friend that uh, is head of it now her daughter is a missionary in West Virginia with, uh, down in the Appalachians that knows my daughter. <laughs> and then uh, the piano player of ours down at the Broad Street Mission happened to know Mary and Roger Kirby here since the 1980s. And so uh, they connected. And uh, a lady we pick up for uh, Bible study went there when she was a teenager at the Sunshine Mission, and she knew some people. But there, and there's a couple of other people that uh, it's just connected. It just looks like dots connecting, and uh, I just thought I would add that. I'm, I'm glad she said that. It's just everything is so, <laughs> it's God. Anybody else have a question for Mike or Belinda? 
Y'all were very active last week. I have questions, so that's great. Um, one thing I would tell you, too, um, just about this to kind of shed some light on this, it has uh, progressed very interestingly, and God lines things up in his own timing, in his own way. Uh, we had probably last year been planning to have Mike with the Broad Street Mission as part of our missions month this month, and we were planning and, you know, I, I wanted to read the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And um, we have watched Mike's dedication and his heart over the years to the Word of God and to his ministry. And so when... As God began to lead in this, we were, we were 100% behind Mike and how God was working at the mission. And uh, these two lovebirds got married last year. And uh, it's just amazing to see how God is leading them. And so when this opportunity arises with a, a change of location, you know, God calls individuals. God calls families. God calls people, faithful men and women into ministry. And so it was a no-brainer for us that... Hey, God is leading in this from the Broad Street Mission to the Sunshine Mission, and, and we're behind them. And so that, that's uh, just some insight into how that went. And so we were like, hey, whatever needs to be done, we're, we're on it. Let's do it. You want to hear some more connection? Okay. All of it. So I met with uh, Chris and Dave. I was going part-time, right? I was going part That was all lined up to previous to this you know I said yeah I said this is great you know I can dedicate more time to the mission I didn't know it was going to be the sunshine mission at the time but you know I, I started you know reeling with ideas and things to do you know God set that in place too right before that you know so it's all step by step it, it, it's amazing now I know I know there's going to be hurdles there's going to be uh, pits there's going to be things that come up you know in this world but the lord said i've overcome the world you know so it's i know it's work a lot of work a lot more work but you know i'm trusting in the lord i'm trusting in the lord and like mike priest said and i see those people any people in the inner city any city need Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're going to take the message. We're going to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to these people on the south end. And we need your help. Pray for us, please. Pray for us. Uh, uh, it's, it's a touchy area, you know, but uh, God's with us. And we're going to use the sense that he gave us, you know, to uh, minister to these people. And you know what? The past, what, eight, nine years, he's given us education, experience, working in this area, setting things in place. So, and I, I said to my wife, the Lord is going to, as he says, set, set our steps. We're just going to step into each one of them as they come. Is there any questions from out here? Dominic, again.
Yeah. He prepared you for that for 12 years here. Sure. <laughs> that, was, that was cool. And God always does that ahead of time. Yeah. He sets you up. He does. It's awesome. He and, does. And that's just a comment. Question. Do you have to work a secular job? So the question is, um, is, is Mike needing to work a secular job as he goes to pastor there at the mission? Okay. No, I don't. I work here at the church part-time until next March, which I will be, I know I, I don't look it, I look very, I'll be 65, so I'll get my Social Security, and I'm already collecting, I just started collecting my pension uh, from Dow Chemical, so everything's, everything's okay, everything's okay, and, and we have to be mindful of finances, but I, I go to God about him and trust him that he's, so I filled out all my paperwork. You know how it is. I don't know if everybody, you know, like this much. And I'm amazed in that too. It was okay, all the paperwork with everything. Beneficiaries, my wife. And that's another thing too. Look how God set this up one year ago. We were married. I mean, now it's, it's just so amazing to me. And uh, that he had to complete the one to, to make one out of us and to use, uh, use us in this ministry. It's just uh, amazing. I keep using that word because it is. Amen. Amen. Anything else? Anyone else out here? Yes, sir. Uh, so the question is, is there anything that groups or uh, maybe ministries or people in the church can do to help out uh, as you go forward? Uh, yeah, we need lights. <laughs> we need lights. And maybe through the send offering, we're going to probably put them up. But if you see the LEDs out here, uh, we're going to use those. What is up there right now is maybe three halogen uh, old halogen floodlights, you know, the ones that suck energy and are get really hot and burn out and you replace all the time. Uh, so we're going to put the LEDs out there. And that will stop everybody from coming around and just sleeping there. Not that they, a lot of them do, but, but there was a car there that parks. Because a church, safe place. No lights, you know, I can sleep too. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So we need to get the lights there. It, the the uh, fellowship building, the big garage, was broken into several times because it's dark out there. You know, they even actually went through the block wall in the back one time because uh, I saw the hole there, uh, big enough for somebody to crawl through because <laughs> there's two steel doors. And then, but uh, we get lights up and a few cameras. And I think that'll take care of a big, big part of it. So, did you have something to say? Really? Okay. I just want to say that we're uh, wanting to strengthen what remains there. And there's uh, three ladies and a gentleman there at Sunshine Mission that are real faithful. And these ladies uh, are amazing also. They have um, a ministry that they do with Children's Hospital. They make burp rags and bibs for babies. And 
they're going to start, I believe, in January, making uh, layettes for mothers that uh, have stillborn children. So these ladies are busy on Monday mornings. If there's any ladies interested, they're over there on Monday mornings, and then they do lunch. And Thursday, they're back at it again. But uh, I couldn't believe how they uh, shined and polished the Sunshine Mission. <laughs> it's really shining. But uh, there is a ministry going on there right now, and uh, like I said, there's no children's ministry, and uh, there's Sunday school classrooms ready to be filled. Uh, I do work with the head of child evangelism. She's going to see about uh, getting into Southwood School, even though they won't allow us to have a club there. But we can stand out on the sidewalk and hand out a flyer for them to come to the Sunshine Mission for an after-school uh, good news club. So please pray about that for us. Thank you. Any other questions? Yeah. Uh, so the question is, how long have they been over at the Sunshine Mission? Go ahead. Oh, about three weeks. We were down on the west side uh, at Glenwood and Broad, and then, then we were farther east in another building, a total of almost 10 years. And, then, and, and that was our training and preparation. Uh, and we have some friends over there too that will probably come and visit and be a part. But uh, we've only been at the mission, I preached there twice. <laughs> so, and last week was 100 years. Uh, and I, all those documents I read were so they were so rich because these people didn't have very much they prayed God sent them south to the south end you know and they continue to pray and preach the gospel and help the needy help the poor help those just you know and he sometimes it's really sometimes one of the greatest things you can do for someone who's really in situations more than one more than two more than three sometimes, is just listen. Listen to him. And, and, and what really, really, really drew me is compassion. I saw somebody in the wintertime. And I remember being cold myself. They were out, and it was blizzardy, and they were, they were sitting there shaking, and they had just a windbreaker-type coat on. So that's where I started and a good friend of mine, Pastor Denoff, helped me out with that. We uh, wrapped up coats, hats, gloves, put some tracks in there, and we made them that, so I could throw them to somebody and they could catch it. Or, you know, if they didn't want to talk, I just tossed it to them and, and, and it said, God loves you on it. And if they wanted to talk, I would talk to them. We'd get in a warm vehicle or go somewhere. But uh, it's... It's, it's amazing. God was training us up and getting us ready. So, All right. Take your Bibles and open to the book of Ephesians, <coughs> chapter 2. Oh, he's going to talk about you're saved by grace. We know that. We're saved by grace. But that's, I'm going to talk about the church. And... Uh, I want to thank you again, really previous, for all the support, the help, 
the prayers. Uh, it's, it's been amazing. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Now therefore, you are no, long, no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building is fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now I have a, you probably won't be able to see it real clear, but I have a sermon illustration. Foundation, apostles and prophets. You probably can't read it. It's small. I used it a few or last week, um, and it was a smaller area. So I love the Word of God, how it expresses unity, and the two being one. We're going to talk about that. Made one in Ephesians two fifteen. Up a little, a uh, few scriptures. It says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Even the law of commandments contained or in, in ordinances for to make in himself of twain two one new man so making peace. One new man. And we're talking, Paul's talking about the church taking born again, changed Jews and Gentiles. Okay? Made into one. All people. If you're not a Jew, you're what? You're a Gentile. You're a non-Jew. <laughs> not just starting here, but all through the Bible. Starting from the beginning. The unity of man. In Genesis. In Genesis. We all know this in Genesis chapter 2. And verse 24. And that's a, a, a wonderful scripture. In Genesis 2, 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. One flesh. And that's amazing. It's God's divine plan. And I, I had mentioned before, one year past this last Sunday, my wife and I were married. And... Uh, it's it's been amazing. It's been amazing. All the things that have happened. Uh, it's uh, God is there, and it, Paul is describing here the church. He's going to talk about the foundation, the formation, and the function of the church. This is the New Testament church. If we look back to verse fifteen again, he's making one here. But I'm going to read 16 through 18 up to that. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them which were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, 
In verse 19, it says, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. No more strangers with the saints, all one in the household of God, Jew and Gentile, believing Jews, believing in Jesus Christ as Savior. And this happened, when did this happen? This happened on Pentecost, right? This happened on Pentecost. True Gentile believers became part of the redeemed of all ages with Jewish believers as one new man, as verse 15 says above, built on the foundation that is, built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and I wish I would have used bricks. Maybe you can see this one. Jesus Christ, Jesus, being the chief cornerstone. Amen. The chief cornerstone. All right? Now, in ancient times, in ancient times, a building was built by the laying of the footer foundation and then the cornerstone. What would happen if... The cornerstone was off a little. The whole building is off. The whole building is off. So this cornerstone is laid correctly, straight, square, plumb. And you can find those, deriv those words, derivatives, in the Bible. Jesus, being the chief cornerstone, carefully placed... Carefully placed. <clears throat> and these men, apostles and prophets, New Testament, New Testament, received what? Revelation from God. In chapter 3 of the same book, in verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Given to them. Given to them. It's not the apostles and prophets, the men. It was what was given to them that they revealed and preached and spoke on that is the foundation. That is the foundation. God gave it to them to give to us through, through his word. And in, in chapter 4 and 11 of the same uh, book here, it says, uh, And gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. These things were revealed. These men received that. Revelation of the church age. It had been hidden in Old Testament times. But now it's revealed. Men gifted by God. To the church as its foundation. As I said, not men. What they were given to teach, to preach. What was revealed to them and given to us. And then put in print, in word. <clears throat> this fits the context. Jesus being the chief cornerstone. It's carefully placed. And as I said, critically put there. 
the church, the foundation, the apostles and the prophets had to be aligned with the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Aligned with Him. Set in place. <coughs> Always. If it's crooked, the whole thing is crooked. It's all off. If we aren't following Jesus and the, what was given to us by the apostles and the prophets, it's corrupt. It's not right. It's off. It's crooked. We got to follow him, his word. <clears throat> Verse 21 In whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple unto the Lord. The formation. Remember the foundation, the formation, and all the, what I talked about earlier. <clears throat> the formation. In Christ, the whole building is fitly framed together. Fitly framed together. All of that. All of that comes together. And then we, we add to it, as they did Pentecost, they did after that. And keeping it square. And that means following the cornerstone, which is Jesus Always. <clears throat> this is a superstructure. There's no, no greater building that exists. And let me mention, it's not stone. <laughs> it's a spiritual building. It's a spiritual building. This is an illustration that shows us how it works. And it works perfectly. It's the best building. There is no greater. <clears throat> it's a supernatural structure. And I'm not going to use the Greek word that they use. But the fitly formed together. It's skillfully fitted to each other. Now listen, I got to, this verse really, in chapter 4, verse 16 of Ephesians. From who the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part make, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. And here's the key. In what? In what? Love. In love. All this is held together. Jesus is a cornerstone. This is held together in love. In love. That's the way it is. It's put together that way. It's held together that way. And it has to be that way. Or it won't work. Three simple key things in this love that's held it together. And John... The Gospel of John 13, chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. And what is that? To love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Number two, pray for one another. 
James 5.16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Number three, and this is an ongoing thing and we need this right now, this whole group, this whole church, bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6.2 Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. These three things, simple. The structure rises to become, literally grows, literally grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Living and growing in the Lord. Always. And uh, I'm going to go to First Peter and get a scripture here and, and just express. <coughs> First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. You also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. All of us are. All of us are. Keep building. You notice he supports us too. He's, on, he's the cornerstone. All the weight is on him in the foundations of him. It's, it's so neat to see that, uh, how the Lord works in that. The function, God places believers into this structure, build it together. The goal here is for the temple. Now this is a spiritual thing. This is not individual. This is spiritual bodies, already born again believers, coming together, coming together. The church, the New Testament church. That God lives here. His spirit. This is a spiritual building. This is a building put together. This isn't a church. This is where we meet. This is a house. This is, we come together. <clears throat> this, this temple is not built with human hands. The Spirit of God. Working in individuals. Stirring your hearts. Bringing to recognition. And I know you know all this. This is just a reminder, a refresher for us. How it's built. And it's a wonderful building. There is none bigger, better, stronger than the church. None. Because it's built on the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Believers indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit indwells you. We're fitly formed together. Amen? Amen. 
fitly formed together. Unity. A church unified. It's terrible out there, isn't it? The world. It's, it's, it's amazing what comes up. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But it comes up. But let me tell you something. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Things like that have happened. They're just happening to us now. We're seeing them in front of our face. They're moving quickly. But we are the church. Yeah, we get hit. Things from the world. Troubles. Just remember. Remember. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. 